Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the People Processes Podcast. My name is Rami Alijil, and today we are interviewing Linda Brown. Linda is awesome. She is a master certified Profit First professional. She's a certified Provendus growth coach, and she's the founder of Spire Business, Inc. Linda supports entrepreneurs in demystifying their business finances and providing guidance to increase business profits so that they can bring more money home. She's often referred to as the voice of reasons by her clients. Linda equips business owners with the tools, strategies, skills they need in order to create sustainable growth in their business and profit. We're excited to have you on, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity. Well, we're glad we're glad you're here. So my first question is, and I have to ask this for our people in our field, most kids don't you know, dress up as CPAs and accountants and bookkeepers when they're kids. Um, how did you wind up in the field you are and, and doing what you do today? By accident. <laughs> most people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I kind of fell into that one. Um, I was actually in corporate America for about 14 years where I was a securities analyst for mutual fund companies. Um, I didn't have enough people interaction, so I went from there to be a um, um, profit. Let's just say I worked on a lot of estate plans. <laughs> okay, all right. Just yeah. leave it at that. Um, but what I realized is all the entrepreneurs that when they were having their estate plans done, they didn't actually know how much money they were making or how they were bringing it into their business. Um, interestingly enough, the same time I was a financial planning, I also had started a boat dealership with my husband. So I literally went out on maternity leave. And within six weeks, my CPA came up to me and said, hey, you know QuickBooks, you know business. I have a couple clients that need some help. Would you please help them? So for the first nice. five years, I actually did this for free. Um, wow. You, <laughs> you didn't charge at all? I charged nothing. Um, wow. I went home on maternity leave. I said, hey, this is really cool. I didn't go back to work. I just helped a couple of clients that the CPA sent to me. Um, yeah, it was, it, you know, will you work for free? The intuition yeah. is yes, I did. Um, right. I helped businesses grow tremendously. And then all of a sudden saying, Hey, I'm helping all these businesses grow and I'm not making any money. There's something that's not right here. <laughs> so then I started yeah. actually creating the business. So if you were one of those lucky clients between 2002 and 2007, there was no charge. <laughs> well, you know that's a t that's tuition, right? That's exactly that's you. You got to really learn and 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 do the real life work, and that's that's a great uh, journey. Well, having started back in two thousand two, you've been doing this a while now. A lot of our listeners are some are CPAs and bookkeepers. Most of them, though, are entrepreneurs or HR leaders who are in charge of the staffing and organization inside their company. When they're listening, they a lot of our guests are very successful people like yourself, and. I try to bring that back because the biggest learning doesn't come from talking to somebody who knows everything. A lot of times it comes from the big mistakes and the problems. So I'm hoping, Linda, you will take us to your greatest entrepreneurial failure, mistake, bad, bad, bad day. And uh, tell us that story, how you got there and, and what happened. My bad, bad, bad day um, is actually digging out of the hole right now, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, as most entrepreneurs, I was really, really good with numbers and business and 
could run my business really, really well. And most entrepreneurs start their business for whatever reason they start their business. Yours is HR. Someone else might be interior design or engineering. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we know all the aspects of business to run our business. Sure. So mine was the numbers. I was really good at the numbers. But uh, the marketing, not so much. I grew for the first 14 years by word of mouth. Um, and it was really good. I had enough time to do my stay-at-home mom stuff, and I had enough time to do business stuff. But when I decided, okay, it's time to get serious, my kids don't need me anymore, I had absolutely no idea on how to market. I took marketing class after marketing class, mm. and basically what they taught me is what you should do, but not how should I do it. And so I, I got very frustrated. And so I'm still digging that out now, learning on the how to do's, not the what to do's. Mm. So when was the kind of moment of realization that that you needed to really start investing in the in the marketing side of the business? Um, believe it or not, it was when I joined Profit First, and Mike Michalowicz is a um, big believer in having a niche. And when I met mm -hmm. Mike Michalowicz and Profit First, I had 44 clients in 44 industries. Mike's like, you need to niche it down. You need to set up system and processes within this one niche. And I realized very quickly that he was right because when I received my first profit to profit first clients, um, I couldn't bring on staff because each individual client had an individual process or procedure. So I couldn't sure. actually bring staff on because there were no systems and processes. So Very I needed to set up my systems and processes, which meant I needed to niche so that all my clients were the same. And then I could start marketing and growing. Well, what niche did you wind up uh, focusing in on? Um, I have actually, it's a dual because it's female entrepreneurs that work in the coaching and the design and staging industry for their homes. Nice. Okay. Well, cool. Any uh, lady uh, female entrepreneurs out there, especially those in the coaching or the uh, interior design. We've got a specialist right here on the on the podcast for you. We'll talk about how to reach out to her later. What do you think our listeners can learn from kind of your journey and story? What do you think they could take from that? That it's not enough for two things. One, it's not enough just to know what you know. You also have to find somebody that's going to teach you what you don't know. And by teaching is not telling you what you don't know. It's how to solve the problem of what you don't know. So just like yourself are teaching people how to get the HR into their business, because it's a big thing, right? I, I can tell you, I don't right, know yeah. everything. That's why I come to you. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah, no, it's a, and, and, and I'm, and I'm the same boat, you know, I have a full-time bookkeeper and uh, two different CPAs and both of them, all, all three of them. I, I, I know enough to, to hopefully tell if they're trying to cheat me. That's about it. Other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, trying to find the best people and letting them direct me. And that's the, the key aspect right there is to find the people and know enough not to let them cheat you. Um, right. I have quite a few clients who actually did just what you said. They went out and got a bookkeeper and got a CPA only to get audited and not realize they weren't oh, yeah. doing information correctly. So the, of course, yeah. it comes down to when you just blindly hand something over, are they actually doing what they're supposed to do or not? And how do we as small business owners know and be able to track what they're doing? Right. The, the reason I have two CPAs is because I still have a third party. I have a third party audit, right? Just to 
have someone go behind, uh, it's worth paying twice as much to make sure that the first guy does the job right. Exactly. Um, I look at, um, there's, a, there's a great quote by Steve Jobs, and he says, um, I don't hire smart people to tell them what to do. I hire smart, smart people to have them tell me what to do. And I think there's a balance between that and um, giving up the responsibility of running your own company, right? You have, to, you have to balance both. You need smart people telling you what to do, but that doesn't mean it's not your butt on the line. So it's still your responsibility, even if it's someone else's um, uh, acumen that's directing you. Exactly. Well, that is awesome. Well, you got to tell me, so what's coming up in the next six months? What have you got looking forward that's got you excited that you're uh, doing over at Spire? Well, I'm really, really excited because we are switching over to group platforms and group trainings for our clients. Um, we have a four-step process of understanding the foundation of your business, which to me is your money. If, as long as your money is working correctly for you, you should be able to do everything you need it to. So we have um, a money mastery class, a profit mastery class. We have profit Ooh. first implementation and then pump and plan growth workshops going on. So could you, uh, you've been doing those things for a long time, but now you're focusing kind of on the group class version. Right. I was doing it one-on-one and I realized that I wasn't reaching as many people and my calendar got full. So I was turning a lot mm-hmm. of people away. So we've started implementing um, the class strategy sessions. Interesting. Are those already live? Are they up and running or are you coming up on your first one soon? Um, we've done a couple beta ones that were word mm-hmm. of mouth, um, but we're starting to advertise this month for the first classes that will be just 90 minute workshops in August going into full classes in September. Well, this this podcast will air in August. So guys, we'll talk about it at the end where you can look up information on this. But uh, by the time this is up and live, you should be able to check it out. And if you're interested in a course that uh, or a group class that'll help you dive into the the money side of your business. That's pretty cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about these are some of our what we call rapid fire questions. They're just a ways to maybe quickly share some of the key knowledge and bits that you've picked up. And one of my favorite questions is if you could recommend one book to maybe go alongside uh, people processes, how your people can be your organization's competitive advantage. What book would you recommend for new business owners out there? Honestly, it's a children's book. Mm. The little engine that could. Really, the the yeah, I I remember this book. I know my I think my parents read it to me. The little engine that could. Because what I find is that most entrepreneurs need the mindset to know that they can go forward. I can do this. I can do this. We tend to get so discouraged and bring ourselves down that the little engine that could he believed that he could get over that mountain if he just found the right partner to work with him. And so he went asking and asking and asking until he found the right partner. Well, that's that's a great one. We'll put the link in the description <laughs> as well. That's that's I've we've we've had maybe a hundred hundred and ten interviews or so. Never had that book recommended, and I think it's an awesome one. That is so cool. All righty. So if you could go back uh, back in time, send a letter to yourself, or whisper in your ear on the first that first day you took maternity leave and. We're starting up your business. What would you tell yourself? Oh, what would I tell myself? First of all, Mm -hmm. Linda, you can do anything that you set your mind to. Second of all is set up the processes and the systems your business needs long before you need them. 
Make a plan. Well, make a plan, yes, but more than the plan is actually have them. Because what we find Mm -hmm. in business oftentimes, possibly even yourself, is that we know the plan is there. We know what we need to do. But unless you actually have the plan working for you and the systems there, when you really need them is when you're too busy to set them up. Sure, sure. Uh, I have a joke that I do in a lot of my talks. It's not a very good one, but um, it's it's about naming your kid before you uh, have it, or at least before the epidural comes in, uh, because we had a very good friend who who didn't do that and then wound up having to change their daughter's name three days after birth uh, because she named the child after the epidural. Just saying, <laughs> have, a, have a process in place before you need it. Okay. I often use it for uh, maternity leave. If you got employees, make your maternity leave policy before your first pregnant employee is wondering what's going to happen to her. Exactly. Right? Make, and I'm going to say, I make was that person. I had two right. children, one six weeks early, one five weeks early. Neither one were named within the first 48 hours. I hadn't even gotten there. <laughs> and hey, it works for some people. And you know... But uh, every once in a while, you wind up with the infamous Fanetta, uh as a, as a child because that's what you're craving, right? Exactly. So, uh, uh, and and especially and, and in all seriousness, in business, you don't want to be deciding um, how what your disciplinary policy is going to be when it finally happens. You don't want to when you have a, when you have five employees or ten employees and and you have your first complaint that well. You know, one of our clients harassed me, or I'm worried that my manager isn't treating me well because I'm a woman. Those are things that are not fun to think about, but you really don't want to be trying to figure them out in the hours after someone brings it up. Exactly. Right? Or my, I got injured at work today. I, I, you know, here I was. I, it's an office environment. It's a CPA or a bookkeeping shop, and you know, getting into the office, I slipped and fell and I hurt myself. Uh, what do we do? Who do we call? Do we even, you know, do I? go to my doctor? Do we, you know, just little plans like that, that there's not that many, but if you have a process or a plan in place when it's actually needed, it's going to save your butt. Exactly. Not just the plan, but the process document it, And it's easy exactly. to find out because when we're and, in the moment, we can get scattered. Right. And it needs to be, I mean, in the long run, it needs to be accessible, right? It's not just written down. It can't just be in a binder that one person knows. It needs to be accessible. It needs to be communicated well. You know, uh, someone needs to be responsible for it. Perhaps the most important thing of having processes is how and when does it get updated? How do you review it and improve it over time? All of those pieces uh, are are the, the differentiator between businesses that can scale and those that don't, right? Exactly. And I think that's where most people want to go. They want to be able to scale. We want to have the infamous four-week vacation. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Well, let me, let's, let's, let's go on. So if you, uh, outside of the wonderful book of the little engine that could, and, and that you have told yourself back on the first day to, uh, you can do anything and to think big and also that you need to have actual processes in place. What is the best business advice you've ever heard from someone else? The best business advice someone's passed along to you? My very first employer as an adult, um, actually on the very first day of my job with him said, I don't care what you know. I don't care what you don't know. The most important thing that you will ever have is who you know and what they know. So keep get good contacts, 
find out what they know, what they're experts in, you know, because everybody has a background, right? Especially entrepreneurs. We all have some type of corporate background or knowledge behind us. So figure out what they know as well. So you can go and ask questions because you don't need to know it. You just need to know the person that does. I like that. There's a, um, I can't remember who said it, but it's something like in business, there's never a how problem. There's only a who problem, something like that, that I always keep in mind whenever I'm trying to figure something out. It's like, how are we going to do this? What are we going to do? Well, the real question is who, who do I know who can do this? That's the real exactly question. I like that. Well, uh, we're an HR podcast, of course. A lot of people listen to us to think about scaling those people operations side of your business. What do you think is the number one policy, procedure, system, training that's had the biggest effect on your clients or your company internally even? Twofold, if I may. First mm-hmm. is figuring out, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, is are they, in fact, an employee or are they, in fact, a contractor? So that's first and foremost for any company especially the small employer who doesn't want that person to be an employee because it's going to cost them extra money. Um, So in the long term, figure out who actually needs to work for you and then get them set up correctly. Um, Bring in the expert HR person. Make sure you're covered with your your disability and your workers' comp. Have your Mm -hmm. employee manual in set. You really don't want to mess up when it comes to people resources. Oh, I like that. But yeah, so so number one is get your people right, people. Uh, especially the classification independent contractor versus uh, employee. You know, I always say the, the business, the money is the foundation of your business. You can float by for a little bit if something gets undone. You cannot float by if something ever happens to your people. Right. So... So money is the foundation, but money is important because you got to pay your people. That's the that's the number one reason, right? The people are the, well, the thing that executes. Nothing but nothing but people execute anything in a business. Exactly, and you have to make your people happy so that your business is going to grow. Because even times these solo entrepreneur, right? Their worst boss is themselves. Oh yeah, they could have worked in corporate America for years and years and years, but their worst boss is themselves. So yes, money is key and fundamental, but you need to make sure your people are done right because they're going to be the ones that support you and grow with you. You said there were two parts. That, well, so the first one is getting that right? First part is getting the people right. But the, the mm-hmm. money, you really need the money as the foundation, hence the fact that I'm here. <laughs> sure. Um, but you are, you are definitely the, the human resource aspect of any business that has to be done right. Sure. So in terms of like a financial process then like that you put in, what are some, what's, what, what would that entail? What's it look like to actually have a process around those things? So most of my clients, I actually have trained to do their own bookkeeping in five minutes a day. The biggest problem was, is even if you went through and became an MBA or you became a CPA, you learn the theory of business. You do not learn how business practically applies to you. So I even have actually an auditor from Deloitte and Touche who left and went out on his own, came to me and said, hey, can you set up my chart of accounts with me and teach me how to use QuickBooks? Because I only know how to look at it when it's all done. I don't know how to get right. it where it's, it is. And so we sat down and we worked through it with him. And so it's really important that 
anybody understands how money comes into the business, how to have it go out of your business, and how to categorize it while when it's in there. Mm. So sitting down with an expert to really design that that chart of accounts, that general ledger, uh, so that it actually reflects what's going on in your company, not just like using the default and trying to hope that it sorts automatically correctly. Right. So whether you're doing it or you hire that CPA to do it, because oftentimes that CPA is trying to do tax savings for you. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking well, lucky. exit strategies or growth strategies, or you're going to need a loan in five weeks or five months or five years strategy. So we need to make right. sure that not only is your profit and loss being um, calculated correctly, but that your assets are truly shown where they need to show. Interesting. Um, I, I think, honestly, I think you're giving most CPAs too much credit. I, I love CPAs and they're half my audience, but most of the people listening, I think would know that the majority of CPAs, at least the ones I've worked with, um, if, if they're actually looking for tax savings for you, they're, they're, they're in the top 10% already. The majority that I've ever worked with are just purely, you know, transactional. I'll get the darn taxes filed one way or the other. Um, I think it's it's even it's even the top ten percent that that will put the time in to advise you on how to better structure your taxes, much less uh, go into the depth of design and 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 that you're talking about. And I actually have created partnerships with a couple of CPAs that are tax experts, um, specifically because I want to make sure that the books in my niches are set up mm. to help the individuals, but also help them tax effectively. So we've actually gone back and forth on, I need to see this as the bookkeeper who's tracking the pennies to, I need it to look like this for the tax return to get them the biggest impact. So very interesting. Yes. So get that finance process. <laughs> I, I have a, a, a friend who's not a client. He's a small business who, who's a contractor. He does some of the work on some of my rental houses and uh, he set up his business about a year ago with his brother. He didn't come to me to do any you know, work or really a CPA. And of course, uh, almost as expected, he and his brother had a falling out. And now they're in this world where none of their books are right. They don't know who owes what. Um, they filed an extension April 15th. And I was telling him, uh, and he was mentioning that. And he wasn't even clear that he owed his taxes by April 15th if he filed an extension. He just thought the extension, you know, gave him till October 15th. It is shocking the level of financial knowledge that many small business owners have they don't they don't really need to know more until until they really really do i mean it's i think you're exactly right if if i were advising any company that any new business getting started up i'm going to go register my company tomorrow you need to know who's an independent contractor and who's an employee get that right from the beginning and you need to get a financial process in order so that you know what dollars are coming in where they're going how they're being spent how they're being categorized how to spend them uh, and I think, uh, that's, that's awesome. I think those are the, the basic one and two for becoming someone other than a, an independent contractor yourself, right? Becoming something other than just the guy who does the work to actually run a business. Those are the two big uh, first steps. Even the independent contractor needs to know the money. Well, that's very true. That's very true. Because it happens time and time again. You know, you think you've got things done right and, oh, you're mixing personal money with business money. Or, oh, this wasn't really a business expense because, and so what happens oftentimes is that one or the other can get audited, and because you're mixing monies up, now 
if your business is getting audited, now you're personally getting audited. Or if you're personally getting audited, now your business is getting audited. Right. Yeah. Oof. So gosh, one audit's Always hard is. enough at a time. You really don't want to have to go through two at a time. Makes a lot of sense. Well, if we have listeners on here who are interested in, in reaching out to you, how should they find out more about you? And what should be the trigger in their mind for when they should reach out to you? I'll reach out before you think you need to. So if you are a small business, um, I would say it's time to reach out. Um, <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, but they can either go to my website, which is spirebusiness.com, S-P-I-R-E business.com. Or hello at spirebusiness.com is our email. Awesome. And are you on social media? I am on social media. I am in as L-I-N-B coaching or spire underscore business. Nice. We'll put links in the descriptions below. Linda, thank you so much for coming out today. It was great to talk with you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it today for our interview with Linda Brown of Spire Business. I'm excited to have her on. We covered some very interesting uh, pieces, some of the key takeaways. I uh, I really like that she crystallized that to really start a business, you need to have a financial process in place. You need to, it's just a basics. It's a basic setup, but you need an expert to come in. It'll be worth its weight in gold to come in and help you design how that money's going to come in going to be categorized, how it's going to be spent. I appreciate her plugging the HR side too. I'd love to help you out there, of course. In the meantime, check us out at poplarfinancial.com and peopleprocesses.com. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can get subscriber-only content like our new onboarding checklist for uh, small businesses that we're really excited to share with you. You can also find us at Poplar Financial on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, and Twitter. Love to see you on there. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.